Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard Season 2, Episode 3. I'm Brandon T. McClure of the Fake Nerd Podcast, as you all, I'm sure, know. And with me is Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? How is everything going? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, you have not been on Picard so far. Yes. This is your first time. How first How time. have you enjoyed the second season so far? Um, so I, I got a chance to watch the first episode and then I rewatched the first episode again, uh, at work, uh, my lunch break. And the first time it was great. The second time it wasn't as great as I thought it was, I guess maybe because I was riding on this high horse of all the Star Trek news that was kind of been coming out into the, the wild. So yeah. I was on that high horse and now it's died down a little bit for me and rewatched it and I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't amazing. Wow. Interesting. You know, what's funny is the last time we talked, I just realized the last time you and I talked on this show, uh, we talked about the possibility of Captain Kirk being on Strange New Worlds. Yes, we did. And it's been it's been announced that he's been cast. You called it. You surely called it. I'm really glad they went with the with the recasting situation. Yeah, I, I am, too. I am definitely, too, because the I don't think the de-aging or deep fake is where it's at or where it needs to be for people to enjoy having that in there. And I don't think the money's there yet either. Cause that's a huge project to go and have him in there on a continuous basis for yeah. however long they're going to have him. So. Yeah. Long. It makes, it makes sense to recast. I mean, you've already recast Spock and Pike and like the door is already open. You don't need to, you don't need yeah. to do something like that. Now, the I mean, obviously, we're making allusions to the fact that Luke uh, has been in Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian season two. No one else has played Luke, though, in live action, sure. whereas sure. someone else has played Kirk. So the precedent has already been set. For sure. Now, do you know the timeline of this? Because we have Discovery yeah. and the mix of Discovery's mixiness and all of that goodness. How, how does where does this fit? As far as is this like an older pike where we're seeing it back when TOS happened, or is this like a new alternate back to the future timeline? So we've seen, so we've seen, so there's a couple of things here. So the, the, the thing is we've never known for sure when Kirk was promoted to captain. Okay. Yeah. We've never known for sure. It's been speculated and kind of talked around the fact that it was probably when he got the Enterprise, but that's never been that's never been hard canon. It's always been soft canon. So there's room to play with that. Um, then there's also the fact that we see him in set photos with Lon Nunyan Singh, who's a character on Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. and so. It's definitely now, or like, you know, now. It's definitely like season two. We're not seeing a flashback. We're not seeing a flash forward. It's whatever's happening in the right. plot of Strange New World season two is he's involved in it. Okay. Um, it's just, I didn't think they'd go to this. I didn't think that we'd do this this early. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, look, I, don't, I didn't think, no, I get... thought Strange New Worlds would be, the safe bet. I didn't think they'd feel like they needed a Kirk. Correct. Yeah. I, and that's it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, I think we were both on the same topic when we spoke last that we wanted it to focus on Captain Pike and his yeah. story and who he is because we didn't get that. And now they have all this room to grow and then they narrow it down again. And I, I don't understand yeah. why. I don't get it either. I'm I'm definitely open to it. I'm definitely willing to give it a shot. I like, I think the guy looks, looks the part. Um, I hope we get some Kirk mannerisms from him that we didn't get from Pine, which is not, it should be fun. But I just I don't want to lose focus of Pike. I want to mm-hmm. I I I don't want Kirk to become so popular that we just get TOS again, right? We've yeah. got decades of Captain Kirk. He's got six movies, three rebooted movies, and a whole exactly. TV show. <laughs> We're good. We don't have anything of Pike, and I don't want to lose Pike. Correct. Not yet, anyway. I agree. I agree. Anyway, look for more of that discussion on the Fickner podcast this week. 
and on your social media because you tagged me in that post as well. So that was thank you for that tag. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Um, okay. Anyway, you did have a question for me though because you weren't on last week for Picard. Yes. So you went to uh, Ten Ford, and I know we talked. I don't. I can't remember if we talked on air or off air about alcohol and all the different wines that Star Trek as a whole has put out on their mm -hmm. website. Um, we have Chateau Picard, we have the Federations, we have Klingon blood wine, we have all these different wines and alcoholic beverages, but you had the opportunity to go to an actual 10 Ford. And I was trolling on your social media <laughs> and I couldn't help it. I was just like, my goodness, I know they're having such a blast just enjoying this. And I, I wanted to know your, your experience on it. Is this something like a pop-up shop? Is this going to be continuous? So it's a pop-up bar. Okay. Um, it's it's temporary. I think it's only here for March. Um, you couldn't buy the wine, but you could buy Chateau Picard by the glass. Okay. Um, which was fine. It wasn't not, anything grand. I'm not a big wine person, so to be fair, like it was a really dry wine. I'm just not was. I really liked the Romulan ale though, and I've, I I know people are probably sick to death of me talking about this, but the Romulan ale was kind of this vodka cocktail that tasted a little fruity. It was very good. Awesome. Um, I don't. That's not the same Romulan ale that they sell on the website. That's a different. That's a wine. Um, but uh, the the vodka cocktail is delicious. One of the things that I noticed though is that the so when you walk in, you see the plaque. Sorry. In in Starship Picard, <clears throat> there's a plaque that talks about like the historic district of Los Angeles. Um, and I didn't know this, but in the Star Trek Voyager episode, Future's End, I believe it's called, when they go back in time to like 2000 and like 1990, whatever, yeah. they go to Los Angeles. Though. Yeah. Yeah. They go to Los Angeles and they're trying to stop this dude from from uh, changing the timeline. Um, and Voyager. So Captain Janeway talks about an earthquake that happened in in Los Angeles and the and like the early 20, 20, 20 whatever year we're in, um, the 22nd century or whatever, the 21st century, like not too far away from where they were. They're like, yeah, all of this is going to be taken into the ocean by the earth, by the big earthquake of blah, blah, blah. Um, and I didn't know this, but that plaque, and I got to, I got to read the plaque. It mentions that earthquake. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, synergy cannon. Cool. I love it. That is cool. That's so sweet. Like the small little minute details are like what make us nerds just like, like, oh, this is awesome. This is home. Yeah, it makes it feel like they, it makes it feel like they care as much as we do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, that's kind of where I'm sitting with Picard and like general right now is that it feels like the people behind Picard for the, I didn't feel this way for the first season, but I feel like they care. Mm hmm like we do like we in this in this episode and we'll get to it but like in this episode we see sanctuary cities yeah yes from deep space nine yes that's what i once i saw that i was like oh this is sweet this is sweet yeah star trek has never ever addressed a moment in history that has been or that has been established like when they when voyager goes to goes to los angeles in, tw in the 21st or 20th century they never talk about the eugenics wars nothing nothing at all which is a huge event in the 1990s in Star Trek, but they never talk about that. And like, we just accept it. That's just Star Trek. Mm -hmm. But in, in Picard, they, that this is the first time where they've actually felt like we, we know the established history of Star Trek. We're going to, we're going to, to adhere to it. Yeah. And we're going to blend it in with what's going on now. I love, I, I enjoy that. And I did a little bit of research because one of the I listened to a podcast and one of the guys on the podcast happens to be I can't remember if he's an executive writer if he's like one of the head showrunners of the the series right now Picard but his mm -hmm. name is Mark Bernardin and he's yeah I love Mark Bernardin you do yeah so once I saw that I saw his name pop up I was like oh yes and I know he's a Star Trek fan so instantly I knew I was gonna be in for a good ride I I was excited to see that his name popped up because i know he pays a lot of attention to details not just as um a pass by fan but as a like a hardcore fanatic 
And that's what I love about it. And you're seeing those little glimpses, like you said, in the work that just, it brings extra life into it, which yeah. I'm enjoying. And that's what I got from the first run. I, the first episode, I enjoyed it. And I can't say, can't say anything bad about it. Like the second time watching it, I thought it was okay because it, it kind of felt like there were certain tropes that happened that were going to, you just knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So why don't we, why don't we use that to, ba- to bounce into episode three? Sounds good. So now we're in episode three of Starship Card. Um, I still think that this show is really solid. And I, I think that we slowed down a bit this episode, but not in a way that the plot slowed down. We still progress the plot. We just kind of slow down to get our bearings. Like here, mm-hmm. now we're in a new setting. We've got these characters who are adjusting this new setting. Let's take it a bit slow and let's get them acquainted. Yes. And I thought that that was smart. And I hope I hope it doesn't mean we're slowing down this season because I really like the progression of the first two episodes. But I, I don't mind it for this episode. I, I agree. And I, I'm liking the main storyline. And we're already getting these these break off glimpses of like subplot storylines that I I can already foretell like they're enjoyable. And yeah. not to bring in Discovery, but I talked about it. Um, Saru for me and his love interest was like a big part that I just enjoyed. And I'm seeing this transform right here right now with I'm going to call him Christopher because that's his new name we're seeing him kind of go down that path and it's, it's enjoyable. It's really, really enjoyable. So I'm, I think it was a slower paced, but I think it was needed because yeah. we came off of this high and then it now mellowed out a little bit. So I'm feeling that we're just going to ride this wave on into the sunset. Especially because we hit the, we hit the ground running in, the, in this episode and then we slow down, right? We slow down when we get to 2024, but we, we, we start, the confederacy we like we kill three characters right away yeah. um the magistrate dude that was a good bit by the way when seven tries to take command to, to, to really take control good. and then she, and then the magistrate is like what's my real what's my full name and she can't say <laughs> it yeah I was like, I oh. that was good so when the first episode happened the trope for me was well i know picard's not gonna die and sure. then the second episode happened and we got death and i was like oh my goodness this is not what I was expecting. And then this third episode was so much, it was like a nice little icing on the cake for this ride. I don't yeah. know how you felt on it, if that was the same thing for you. Well, I, no, I don't know. I really liked it though. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I quite, if I've quite have the same feeling. Um, one of the things I, I liked about this, ep- sorry, I just, I was stalling for a point. I wanted to, I wanted to bring up a specific point. You know what was really cool about this episode? Talking about like things that we talked about, like the small things, the small details that make us Trek fans happy. Mm-hmm. Finally, we finally in live action Star Trek got real phasers. Oh yes, that actually like blow somebody into well, nothing the, but dust particles. No, that actually, I mean, from the ships, uh, beams, oh, the beams. beams yeah. Not no longer these little like these little like bullets being shot out of of turrets from the ships. We got beams man yes. we got phasers and I, I saw that i was like phasers finally <laughs> and they looked good like the the direction that they took as far as actually getting into like the engine bay section i thought that was so cool oh yeah like the 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 way they disabled the ships was shooting a yeah. photon into like the deflector dish of each of each ship really cool idea um it brought back flashbacks like horror scenes of me watching voyager as a kid and seeing like it, it literally started giving me like these little I want to say like daymares or anything, but I just got flashbacks of my emotions when I watched Voyager for the first time and how sure. scared I was when I saw the Borg after seeing it in um, in Next Generation. So the Borg, the the Borg theme plays a lot in this in the season so far from First Contact, and we yeah. hear it a bit in Voyager. Um, but it was really prominent in first contact. Um, and uh, so like when, when the Borg queen, by the way, freaking creepy when the Borg queens on her hands walking yes. towards Gerardi. Oh my God. That was intense. Uh, you hear, you hear like the, the Borg theme play and I, it's just, just beautiful. I love thematic tie-ins. I love whenever people use like, like these kind of legacy themes from 
past yeah. uh, Star Trek things. It's something that I always talk about how like the MCU doesn't do this as often as I wish it would. Mm-hmm. Like the Star Trek is doing it is is just bravo, bravo. Yeah, it's so good. Um, but yeah, you're right. When the Borg Queen is like the when the Borg Queen is is is, is like attaching herself to the ship is really freaky, and you do kind of have these moments where you're flashing back to the horror that was Star Trek: First Contact, and where we see the Borg and Voyager when they're the most horrifying. Um, I, I love it. Yeah, now as Honestly, an adult, I can appreciate it. Yeah, but as a kid, you're it's terrifying. I'm terrified. I remember, I remember as a kid seeing, if you remember, it doesn't, it doesn't quite hit the same way with the Blu-ray anymore, but like when, when in first contact, uh, the, these like people get into like this room and it's completely dark and there's smoke and you just see the lights of the Borg, yes. like laser pointers, like yes, just click on. Oh, nightmares. Nowadays, it doesn't. Nowadays, the Blu-ray you can see the shapes of the board, so it's not quite as scary, but it's <laughs> it's still pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we 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 do time warp. By the way, do you know who directed this episode? I do not. It's Lorraine McFly from Back to the Future. You're kidding me. No. That is wicked awesome. Isn't that really cool? That is so cool. I just found that out today. They were talking about her, how she was like, yeah, we, 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 to get time travel done well, we got a time travel expert. And because she's directing TV shows. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the time travel looked really cool. I love, it's my favorite time travel. It's my favorite thing in Star Trek. The stupidest thing that Star Trek time travel is we slingshot around the sun at warp speed and we open up a portal to go to the past. Beautiful. And it looked great, and and we get like this kind of slow motion bit, which is what we got in, not necessarily the same thing, but it's kind of homaging what we see in Voyage Home. Yeah, um, the faces like distorting and all. Yeah, yeah, but in this kind of, kind of sense, like time slows for them, or it's going backwards, or it's 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 a distortion of time effect that we we get, and then they punch out through the, and they're in twenty twenty four. Thought that was just all really cool. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's really nice to say some nice things about Star Trek Picard. I, tell you. <laughs> I had a I question would... for you. Go ahead. Um, with this episode, uh, did you feel a sense of family? I know we talk about it with Discovery a lot. Are you feeling like these guys are actually a, a close knit group that you can that they consider themselves all family to each other? I know there's some that have like a, a sexual tension because they dated and stuff, but. I don't necessarily think that they're going for a family dynamic with the, with this crew. Like okay. They really like they really want to hammer it home with Discovery that Discovery's a family. But mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think because Picard has a family, right? Picard's the the next generation crew. That's Picard's family. Yeah. Um. So like, I don't think that we're looking at, at that we're meant to look at the at this cast as a family, but. You know, it's not necessarily family, but it's not like work friends. Like it's it's mm-hmm. they're good friends, gotcha. uh, um, in, or in the case of Rafi and Seven, very good friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I do think that like I think wisely they they kind of looked at it going like, well, we can't give Picard a new family because he'll just reject that. We got to yeah. give him something that he'll that he'll latch on to. And it's these, it's these people that he does still care about. I think when it comes to Elnor, he does feel a sense of family with, yes. which is why his death hits him really hard. Or at least it should hit him harder than it does. Yeah. I thought, I thought it should have hit him harder. I, I wanted Rafi's expression from Picard, but I knew that as an admiral and then as a leader of this group, he had to show like his strong will to, persevere on yeah there's a sense that of compartmentalize of compartmentalization that picard has shown before i do i i do wonder if that was the point of this scene is to kind of show that again because he's like he's lost a lot of people in his life he just went through losing data a second time um he he's lost his best friends multiple times Uh, he i think that that maybe what we were meant to see in that scene was that he does feel a sense of loss, but it's it's the mission has to come first because it's the needs of the many. Yes. 
Um, whereas Rafi is emotionally distraught because she's lost kind of the, the son figure that she's adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that's the sense. And if it's, and if it is, then we could be seeing an emotional reaction of Picard down the line when things kind of get worse. I, I hope that's the case. Cause I don't want to feel like Picard was just this cold leader oh, yeah, when yeah. he lost, when he lost Eleanor. That's the only kind of thing that I looked at that I looked at going like, Oh, maybe we should have seen some emotion from Picard yeah. a little bit. Um, what did you think of Eleanor's death though? I thought it was really good. I thought it was excellently played out. And yeah. the fact like he used that medallion as a way to like take away his pain and kind of release his pain out and say, you know what? Like, I've done my duty. Uh, it's time to go, type of thing. And I actually enjoyed it. I I did not expect it at all. And yeah. normally when we see those types of shots, it's like almost an instant death. It's never a, a lingering moment of pain that you see. And you felt it. Like I could see the pain in him. So it was yeah, good. I wonder. I wonder when. It's interesting that like a shot from a shot to Elnor was uh was just a shoulder wound that killed him but then everyone else gets vaporized yep so those are some quite those are very specific phasers for sure and um, is it he's a romulan so isn't the romulan heart like somewhere lower down oh it's probably where the vulcan heart's supposed to be i don't That's know where because they're like quote-unquote relatives of each other yeah they're kind of the same species um yeah maybe but anyway, I think I thought Elnor. I so I liked Elnor from the first season. I I, I felt like he was underutilized, and I was really sad about that because I liked the character, mm-hmm. and I was hoping for more from the character. But honestly, I felt like the death, which by the way, storytelling one hundred and one. If it happens this early, it's being undone somehow. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. Um, it's gonna he's gonna come back somehow because you don't kill this character. You don't make a big deal that this character's part of this new timeline, especially because like Soji's not part of this new timeline. Mm-hmm. So like if he's part of this new timeline and then he dies this early, he's coming back. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I thought that was really well done. I thought the I thought the the we need the bio bed back up and running, you know, we we have to disconnect the queen. Uh the queen's draining all the power and so that's so like Rafi blames the queen for killing uh Elnor. Uh all of that good emotional work solid 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 stuff in the cast and just kind of once again reinforces my statement that this crew is probably the best defined characters in live action star trek right now yes um I and we've had four seasons with discovery <laughs> i agree with you wholeheartedly there even even like sub characters we have more from Mm-hmm. And I, I love it. I abs- And it's like, how can you guys make this show so great and you hear the people talking about how good this show is and continue to still make Discovery and well, still just, make Discovery the way it is? It's just kind of the thing that I talked with Mike last week. The idea that like, I think what happened was was time. I, I think the pandemic gave these people, these writers, time to refine these scripts. And it helped. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think it worked. You know, if who knows what state the show would have been in if the pandemic had never happened, we would have had this season already, and mm-hmm. it might not even be this this way. Very true. Um, and that's honestly something I don't want to think about because I do think the pandemic helped it. Do you um, think? Were you a big fan of season, or were you a fan? Not necessarily a big fan. But were you a fan? You weren't. No. Okay. And for me, I was a big fan of it. I enjoyed it, and the fact that Picard had a lot for Picard, but. Um, Sir Patrick Stewart had a lot to do with it in the writing room and now he's not in the writing room I wonder how this is going to play out well I don't necessarily think I think this I think it was really admirable what Patrick Stewart wanted to do with the character you know he kind of he kind of took what you know I, I talked about this on Twitter a little bit how like Mark Hamill talks talks about how much he didn't like where they took Luke in The Last Jedi mm-hmm you know, he, he, he's quoted by saying he fundamentally disagrees. And whether or not he's recanted that or not, his initial statements were very much anti the yep. direction that his character took in The Last Jedi. Picard takes a similar direction in, in Star Trek Picard season two, season one, sorry. Okay. You know, it's very much it's very much kind of this recluse hero who gets kind of pushed back into something and and has to save the has had to save the world again. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, Luke's arc is very heroic, but Mark Hamill seemingly didn't like it. Picard's arc is also very heroic. And Picard pushed for it. Like, right, right. <laughs> Patrick Stewart like wanted that. He saw what Mark Hamill did. He's like, I want that. I yeah. want to do that. Um, <laughs> and it's very it's very funny to me that like like William Shatner would never do it. William Shatner oh, would no. never take Captain Kirk and be like and be like, I don't uh, show me on an island somewhere where nobody can see me again, and then I gotta be I gotta be coerced into doing the into doing the right things. Like, no, that's not what William, William Shatner would be like. No, no, I gotta be Captain Kirk, and I gotta save the day, and I gotta save a ship or whatever. But Patrick Stewart was like, no, 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 put me on the vineyard. I'm I'm not talking I'm not touching talking to anybody. I I know nobody, and then and then I gotta be coerced to to save the galaxy one last time. And you know. It was what it was. I didn't. I I didn't much care for for season one. I thought it was a mess. The so many. It, it felt like it was being written as they were filming it. I got you. Like all improvised type of ordeal. Yeah, it was just kind of like like they got they, they pick up Elnor and Elnor's like I I'm my sword is is yours now Picard. Episode later, I'm gonna go with the Borg guys. Actually, you have fun. Like I, what are we? Yeah, I got you. What are we doing? Before this season, Picard was my least favorite of the Star Trek shows. Really? Now really? where does it sit? Even though we're only three three episodes in. N- now that we're three three episodes in, it's number two. Okay, so I'm guessing animated is number one. So lower decks is number one. And so before before Picard season two, it was lower decks, prodigy, discovery, Picard. Okay. Wow. And then it was, and now that Lower Decks had, now that Picard season two is like, even the first three episodes are so far better than the first season. I look at it like Lower Decks, Picard, Prodigy, Discovery. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's very, very, that's a big jump. And hopefully when Strange New Worlds comes out, it'll be even higher. (laughs) There you go. That's awesome. Where, where would you sit Picard? Where would you sit Picard before this season? Before the season, okay, yeah. it would lower decks. I haven't seen Best. Prodigy, but I need to see it. It's on my list to watch. Just trying to catch up on time. Uh, but lower lower decks is always going to be number one. Number one because they get to push the envelope quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Picard was number two, and then Discovery is number three. And I think Discovery is number three only because of the last season. Like the first season was ah. Uh, Second season for me was really, really great. Third season was so it's like it's it's a hit or miss. And yeah. I think this one so far for me has been a hit and a hit for me. Yeah, so far Picard is just blowing me away. There's a world, honestly, there is a world where if they nail this season, I'm talking like really nail it, it's my favorite. Wow. Okay. I'm I I I'm hoping this happens then. I do. I hope it's, I'm not putting I'm not putting my eggs in that basket. I'm not. I don't have faith. I'm still expecting like next episode is going to drop down a cliff. Like I'm I'm prepared for this not to not to be well. But if they if they can really pull this off, like I it could be my favorite. So all right, I have a couple questions for you. Paramount sure. Plus for a lot of people, the reason why people let, let me I guess let's go back to when. Discovery first started, which was the CBS All Access that they had. Yeah. And now it's on Paramount Plus. So CBS All Access, did you get that only for Star Trek? Yes. And then now that you're on Paramount Plus, take away Halo because it hasn't happened or anything that hasn't happened yet. Did you get into Paramount Plus only for Star Trek? Yes. If there was no Picard, there was no Lower Decks, it's only been discovery would you have stuck through with it oh geez that's a damn good question you know what i might have done a free trial when the season was over (laughs) just binge it i might i might have done that as far as i as far as i'm concerned paramount plus is a star trek streaming service like i watch nothing else on paramount plus and not for lack of interest like halo's coming up i'll i'll probably check that out when it when it drops but there's just really nothing on Paramount Plus that I immediately think of that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there weren't so many Star Trek shows, I couldn't justify it. But since there's five, um, it does kind You're of make the to. price a little bit nicer. Gotcha. Um, anyway, so we talked about Sanctuary Cities. I was happy to see those. 
Yes. Uh, well, not not happy, but it was nice to, that they acknowledged. Put a smile on your face. Yeah. Um, time warp looks great. Uh, oh, there's a subplot. I took notes this time. Um, <laughs> there's a subplot with Jurati trying to uh, fix the Borg Queen and the ship, and so she mm-hmm. goes into the Borg Queen's mind, and the Borg Queen is trying to assimilate her. Really cool. Yes, especially the towards the end bit. Yes. Where she's like, no, don't plug me out. And Picard's like, who is holding me? Right. And yeah, like, whose hand is this? And mine, yeah. mine, mine, mine. I was like, oh. That was so great. I was like, wow. It, it, like I said, it brought literally goosebumps to me because I was like, oh, my God. This is Picard's fear because he yeah. was so afraid in Next Generation when that happened. And he did not want to go back down that road again. And it's like to – to watch somebody volunteer for this and you have to sit there and wait until it gets to hundred percent, knowing that there's a possibility this person could be assimilated and go through exactly what you went through. Yeah. One of the things, but it like it, it also offers a different perspective of some of assimilation because Picard says like, she knows my mind. So if mm-hmm. I connect, she'll assimilate me in seconds, but if someone else connects, it'll be hours. Mm-hmm. And so like what I really like seeing was this kind of, this kind of like wandering through like and we don't see it which shows i was really happy with that we don't see it but like we hear we see gerardi talking through the assimilation process of like the different doors oh she found my anger door she found my sadness door um mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I, that was such a really interesting look at assimilation that's all done through dialogue and camera work yes and it's some of the best i've seen just she period really- she nailed it. And her acting, the way that she made her one eye twitch, just one eye twitch yeah, the entire time. I was like, that is stellar acting. Yeah, I didn't like, I liked Agnes in the first season, but so far she's blown me away this yes. season. Um, Fantastic. And and like at the end, at the end when she's kind of like, you know, I stole the, I stole the location of the Watcher. That um, was the best part. And then. The Borg Queen is like, you've done something very dangerous. You've impressed, you've impressed me. me. Once that happened, dude, oh. straight goosebumps. I was like, oh, my goodness. Right? If, oh. if, if Mike is not hooked after that line, that man has no soul. I'm <laughs> he really likes the season so far. He doesn't? He does. Okay, thank God. All right. Yeah. So I, I don't say, know. Once that happened. Beautiful. I don't know how he feels about this about this episode because he hasn't watched it yet, obviously because he's not here. But um, so far, he really likes the he really likes the season, which I was the first episode was so funny because we did the first episode and and I and and I so and I go to Mike and I'm like, so what do you think about this? He's like, you know what? I loved it. I loved it too. <laughs> That's great. It's really funny. Um, yeah the 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 Boar Queen bit was was both funny and chilling. Yes, it's because Agnes has this has this kind of like sadness through her dialogue that it is kind of funny. Um, and then like the, the moment when Picard is like, whose hand is swatting me away. And, and like, that's meant to be funny, but then like, but there's other bits that are chilling because like you see the Borg queen's voice speak through Agnes. Uh, yeah, vice versa. Agnes through the Borg. Yeah. Because they're, they kind of switch, switch minds. Uh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a brief Q appearance, which I, I didn't, I like the idea that Q is constantly watching Picard. Yeah. Like he's he's just like, I I know what you're doing. I'm not gonna stop you, but I know what you're doing. Do you have an idea what his plot is? Like, what is what is your thought pattern of why? Because Q's always has a reason on why he does certain things. So that's the thing about the second episode that I really like. There's something wrong, either with Q or with the universe, mm-hmm. that he thinks Picard is, can only save him. But Q is so in this episode, Rafi has this moment where she's talking to Picard and she's looking and she's angry at Picard because she says, you and Q, you play these games with people's lives. Mm -hmm. And Picard's like, no, Q does this. And like, no, you both do because you play this game with him. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my, one of my favorite things about, about, what we're seeing with Q, especially this new version of Q where he's 
where something's wrong, something's unhinged him, something scared him, whatever, whatever's happening with him. Um, it shows how dangerous Q's meddling can be. Yes. Right? With with Next Generation, it was kind of whimsical. There wasn't really much danger. There wasn't Q Who with the Borg when he first introduces the Federation to the Borg. Mm -hmm. But after that, a lot of his episodes are just kind of fun or yeah, or they're or they're lighthearted because Q was a, a funny character. He's the trickster god, right? He comes yeah. in, he causes trouble, and then he leaves. Mm -hmm. This is terrifying. This is a moment where 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 people are dying. People have died. Someone that someone that Picard and Rafi loves died because Q decided it's time to play another game with Picard, and Picard basically said yes. He did try to say no. He's like, I'm not playing this game with you in episode two. And he turned around because I can't remember the the, the dude's name who comes Harvey. in. Harvey. Yeah. He comes back in, and then once he turns back around, Q's gone. Yeah, and I I think that there is the sense that like Picard thinks what he's doing, and I would I do wonder if this is the case. I don't I'm I'm kind of spitballing here, but I do wonder if this is the case that Picard says to that Picard is subconsciously. I think Picard and Q have always been friends, mm -hmm. but Picard has like a love hate relationship with him and i think this is the this is the moment where picard has to realize that he's indulged q yes over the years this is the this is the the final bit there cannot be anything after this because now he has indulged q to the point that he that that more than ever lives are at stake mm-hmm and not in the fun way of like I'm going to help Picard save humanity because I like Picard. This is like people that Picard loves. People, the whole Federation is gone. Elnor yeah. is dead. Like this is, and there's and there's something underlying, something unhinged about Q that is scary. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that Rafi talks about, like the the idea that Rafi kind of has this realization that like this isn't fun. This was never fun for anyone else but you. This was always scary. And, and, I, can, and this one, we can tell. We can tell the fear that's there. And there's a, a sense of fear and dread with Q, not knowing that he's sick and wondering what's going on with him. Yeah. There, there's there's the thing that I, that I do like that, that, that Q pays Picard a visit and Picard kind of looks at him and realizes that he can't, that he's not being seen by anyone else and try, does try to talk to him again, probably to plead with, plead with him one more time to change the timeline back. But there is something, there is something that I like about the season that we're seeing with this version of Q and it, it's kind of, you know, I'm going to go back to the same, to the same words. It's, 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 it's him being so unhinged. Mm -hmm. I, I just really am fascinated by the idea that something something is wrong with Q. Something yeah. is wrong. Or he, he knows something is wrong. He's angry about something. He's sick. He's scared. He's whatever. There is something wrong that has, has mentally damaged this trickster god. We've seen it before, though, haven't we? When Q was going to be exiled out of his race, and he was actually fearful for his existence but that was but that wasn't mentally unstable fearful okay right that was that was oh picard help me mm -hmm. you know because we're friends i'm i'm gonna like that was still the trickster god trying trying to play the role of the trickster god and he does learn that's a really good episode by the way the one you're yeah. talking about he learns a cool lesson and, and he almost kills himself good stuff um but this is something else this is something that picard has never dealt with this is something that nobody else has dealt with and I, 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 I wonder what the lesson here is going to be for Picard. Will it be that he has he needs to learn not to indulge a maniac, a trickster maniac? Will it be that he's going to help Q because Q is is in a way pleading for his help? Mm -hmm. That could be a possibility. Or will it just be that Rafi has to also has to realize that you know there isn't anything that Picard can do about this because Q just does these things to him. So I don't know. I kind of spun my wheels a lot there. I hope I hope some of that made sense. It did. It did. And I think you're on the similar path of what I'm thinking. I do think that this story 
is a little bit different because Q goes and says, like, hey, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. Right. But he also says this is a penance. Yes. And I think that once he said that this is a penance, it made me realize there's all these different sub stories that we're getting, like with Seven. And she's saying, oh, people actually like me. And it's that's a good bit. A story for her. And we're getting Rafi's sense of there's certain things in life that you cannot control. One of those happens to be death. You're going to have to face death and it's just part of life. And I think that was her reason of getting out of Starfleet in the beginning was this sense of not being able to control everything around her. Yeah, I I really like Rafi and Seven's bit. We're, especially with Rafi, it says to Gerardi, he's like, if we fix the timeline, can we'll, we get him back? Yes. Can we get him back? Will he be? Will he come back to life? I don't necessarily think that's how this time travel works. Yeah, I don't think so and either. I, and neither, but neither does anybody else. Like, like Spock doesn't die in Voyage Home, and then they go back in time, and everything's fine, right? We've never seen this time travel used to alter anything in the past. We've only ever mm-hmm. seen it for quick stops to save a couple of whales or find a, a save a air force pilot. What was that dude's name from the original series? Whatever. Um, I need to talk about that. Yeah. But yeah. So like we've never seen some, we've never seen this time travel used. So it is entirely possible that like, you know, that, ta- that the same kind of time travel rules of if we fix the past, will he be alive in the future again? Cause mm-hmm. that event won't have happened. But then it's like Gerardi's like, well, it, d- it depends if we, you know what? I'm going to take Janeway's advice and just not think about it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to actually look at that character. Oh, yeah, so that was weird. the first pilot in the original series, and he picked up, he got picked up by the Enterprise because the Enterprise was slingshotted back in time on accident. That was the first time we saw this version of time travel. By the way, the remaster for that, I, I will die on the hill that the remaster for that episode is great. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking any no for an answer there. I won't. I won't disagree with you. I will not disagree. Because the the old one has like the ship just kind of like rocking back and forth, yeah. and and there's no sun, but like the the remaster, like we see them go through the go around the sun. It's good stuff. Yeah, seeing stuff, yeah, for sure. Um. Okay. Yes. Uh. You just brought up seven. Uh, likes the fact that the, that you know there's no Borg implants on her anymore, yeah. and people like her. She's 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 a likable person in 2024. Absolutely. Um, and she. Uh, she can't figure out what a picture is. Like we're gonna do, <laughs> take a, a celluloid still image, oh, just a picture. Just a bit. It's still a picture. I really, I like that bit. Uh, Rios has a great scene with a with this very cute doctor that he's definitely going to fall in love with. She is very attractive. Yes. Um, and and we have this moment. So okay, I've I've I bitched and moaned about Star Trek Discovery how they do this how. How a main character, not a main character, but one of the bridge crew would come up and be like, I used to go windsurfing with my dad, and that's how this is relevant to the plot. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 I don't care. But like Rios has this moment where he's like, you know, I, and when my, I snuck into the flight simulator, it's the Starfleet or whatever, and, and it's like, it's really sweet, it's really emotional, it's really character building. And I was like, man, good writing, good writing. <laughs> yeah. And then the snap the hand it was great, great stuff. Perfect. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I yeah. Let me see if I have any more <laughs> notes here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who do you think the watcher is? That's interesting. I want to say, and this is just me shooting my shot, hoping for the best. Lavar Burton. Oh, I know it's a totally uh, different timeline, but I just I the fact that of course he had his visor, he had his eyes. We're seeing these eye changing. I don't know if you saw it in the end of. I think it was what episode one they had like another little small trailer and you yeah. saw these watchers with their eye change and i was like could we get a lavar burton that would i be... don't think it's lavar I don't... I don't think so but i would love that i don't think it's a character we've met and if it would be anyone i kind of feel like it should be gynan okay because i mean she, she could have that episode. bar yeah, it's like why bring her in if you're not going to utilize her yeah i mean you could just explain that she had that bar and then got and then decided to be younger when she went to the 24th century, whatever. I can I can walk that back. I don't care. I mean, Q did it. Q did his snap of the finger and he Well, yeah, and Gynan 
Guinan says like we can choose to look older or younger depending on how people feel about us at the time. Yeah. So like I I can I can buy that, and we know that she's been on Earth before. Uh, she was with Mark Twain. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, good friends with Mark Twain. DH her in a sense, like you can just have her as like this slim, slender, very attractive, like backside or side profile or a back view of her because she already senses when Picard's there. So he she can simply have her back turned there, and it's like you hear Guinan, is that you? And then as she turns, boom, it's back to Whoopi Goldberg. And yeah, sure. Like, so there's easy ways to go and fix that in post, if you will. But I don't know if we're gonna. I don't know if it'll be a other than, other than that. And I think that that I don't. I think that's a lot of mental gymnastics to play with the audience that they might not be willing to do. I, other than that, I don't think it's a character we've met. Gotcha. I think this will be a new character. And supposedly he's got future tech somehow. By the way, beautiful look at, at a building looking over the valley and it was on fire. Yes. Boy, living in LA, that scene hits different. Because you, you've experienced that. I've never. It's just, it was just, like it's honestly hilarious. Did you ever see La La Land? I have not. My wife did, but I did not see it. So the beginning of La La Land, they sing about how it's another day of sun and they're talking about how hot it is and how it's great living in L.A. because it's always so warm and sunny and blah, blah, blah. And then in big title card letters, winter comes on the screen. It's hilarious. I saw that. I saw that. The, I saw that movie twice, once in, in Los Angeles and once in Monterey in two very different places. And in Los Angeles, huge, raucous laughter. <laughs> the whole audience, packed audience, raucous laughter. We were, we all thought that was hilarious. Saw it in LA, not a peep. Really, not a peep. Nobody thought that was funny. I thought it was hilarious again. So, like watching the scene, watching the scene where they're looking at, like looking at over the canyon, and it's on fire. It's just really funny. Just like, of course, the fucking canyon's on fire. Yeah, of, course of course, it's it on fire. It's always on fire. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's all my notes. I don't know if I have anything more. I'm excited for the series. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm digging it. Me too. Anyway. I'm really happy with how it's going so far. I hope we continue the momentum of, of, of just give me that plot momentum. I want to, I want a straight shot to the end of the season. I want 10 tight episodes that tell a cohesive story that just doesn't stop. Yeah, I'm with I you. don't want to. I don't want four episodes of nothing. <laughs> Discovery. Oh, we'll talk about the finale of Discovery a little bit later. Stay tuned for that. All right, if you got nothing else, why don't we get out of here? Sounds good. Yeah, it was a good time. Plug your stuff. All right, so you can find me on social media at Just Little Podcast on Instagram. Uh, find me on Twitter at just podcasting. I have a Patreon, so you can check me out over there. Uh, got a ton of great stuff on there as well. Some new shows that I just dropped, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then my normal show, I do every single Tuesday. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, the whole nine yards. And you can find me here talking about Star Trek. Eventually, I will hop back onto Downright Bored and Annoyed with Movies. Hopefully, in the near future, I'll be back on for that. So stay tuned. Very cool. Um, yeah, like I said, so stay tuned for our Star Trek Discovery finale uh, discussion. That'll be up a little later than this, most likely. We gotta wait for uh, you to watch it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no worries. So uh, that'll do it. Stay tuned for that. And of course, you can check out more of our Star Trek uh, discussions on our Fake Nerds Watch series, which you can find on this channel. If you like this video and subscribe to this channel, we've done Season 1 of Picard. We've done Lower Decks. We've done all of Star Trek Discovery Season 4. And I'm not sure I'm going to come back for Season 5. <laughs> <laughs> At least to do this. I'll probably still watch it, but I'm not sure if I'm going to accept us to doing this again. For, uh... Mike's probably like, no, I'm done. Yeah, I would not blame him. Um, anyway, but you can check out all that. I mean, you can check out some other Fickner's Watch series if you're interested. Um, we're probably going to do Moon Knight coming up. That's in two weeks. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, we might do Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're probably not doing Halo, I'll be honest. Halo does not look great. 
I'm loving it. I really so, I am so excited for this show. Oh, it's not doing anything for me. I know there's not the original voice voices not, because not even that. Actors. Not even that. It's just it's just doesn't look, doesn't look interesting. The, I love Halo. I've played every Halo game game except for Infinite. I'm a huge Halo nut. And I was so excited to finally get the show. But both trailers have just left me so cold. Really? Yeah. I've liked them. I'm like, something about it for me just makes me happy. Hey, man, that's good. I'm glad. I'm really glad about that. <laughs> I wish I was there with you. I wish I could. And you know what? Maybe I'll come back next week and be like, man, Halo rules. There you go. There you for go. You. But so far, I'm just not. I just don't know if I'm there. Anyway, so stay tuned for all that cool stuff. And you can check out all of our other shows, such as Basement Arcade. We're going through Mortal Kombat X, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which is a video game discussion show that we do. Um, you can check out Fakener uh, Book Club and Anime Station also on this channel. Or you can find just the Mothership Show, Fakener Podcast. You can check that show out every Sunday live um, about, eight, about 8 or 9 o'clock PST. Um, every every Sunday live, we do a live recording and then it goes up the next day on audio. Um, this week, I'm not too sure what we're talking about, but last week we just talked about Turning Red and The Atom Project, both of which were very good movies and we were really happy to review them. Um, you can sit, you can find those now. Um, yeah, that's it. You can find all the social medias at FignerPodcast.com. Um, all the links to everything's there. Patreon, TeePublic, Social medias, like I said, you know, support us if you guys like us. Um, do, do, do. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Screen Rant, where I put up a bunch of lists about Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, I'm actually working, am I almost done with one now about uniforms? Because there's so many uniforms in this new <laughs> Star Trek series. Um, and um, I write for Atomic Geekdom, where I'm going through what I believe to be the 50th, the 50 greatest moments of the, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe of the Infinity Saga. Um, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, at number 43 should be up this week, hopefully, if I have enough time. And I also edit the Kaiju Ramen Media website where we put up a bunch of Kaiju stuff. There's a great magazine that I'm a part of this latest issue. Talk about the newest video game, Dawn of the Monsters. You can check out that issue right now on kaijuramenmedia.com. That's it. That's all I got. Do you want to, your social media? Uh, your, I got mine already in there. So, yeah. Okay. This little podcast. So until next time uh, for, uh, well, until you probably watch the Star Trek Discovery discussion that we'll do eventually. Hopefully soon. Live long and prosper.